Hey everybody, Chief here. Uh, this week's episode is going to be talking about grief and the passing of a parent. I just wanted to give a quick little trigger warning if you feel like any of that's going to cause any, you know, negative feelings or anything that might cause some unwanted uh, mental health difficulties. Um, maybe just skip this episode. Um, we understand and it's perfectly okay, but I just wanted to look out for your mental health before we get into this. Hello, hello, hello. It's Katie. I'm back and I'm with Chief Keef and welcome to the Meddling Gaze Podcast. Where the gay don't quit another to our mouths, bitch. <laughs> I love your intros. They're fucking wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, isn't it fun how I switch from my normal voice into podcast voice? It really is. Kinda like, it's kind of like it's fun to watch. It's weird it's like customer service voice shit and it makes me makes me i'm like who is this person do you ever look at somebody and feel like you don't really know them? yeah the funny part is that it's like i just do it for the intro it's like when you start stream you know you kind of like best yeah. foot forward and then you kind of like lean into who you are i only do it for that first like i don't know 10 seconds that yeah I literally it's like three I'm seconds you're a, like the ghost of some transatlantic actress like comes out of your body for like four seconds and i'm like who the fuck <laughs> uh, i love it though <laughs> i love listening to you do stuff on stream because you get so like um i don't know you remind me of a business major and it tickles me to no end oh no that's the last <laughs> thing i want to be all right what are we talking about this week yeah so uh this episode and next week's uh episode are going to focus on our parents specifically the ones who are no longer with us um and i just kind of wanted to take some time to talk about you know um what they meant to us and some fun little stories and just other things to almost have like a digital, almost like a digital eulogy in a way of just like, yeah, kind of things that we loved about these parents. And this week specifically will be about my daddy. It will be. <laughs> yeah. And without further ado, I have some questions and uh, yeah, I'm just going to ask him and I want you to just talk about him. Yeah. So first of all, what was your dad's name? Uh, his name is Doug. Ooh. Which is weird to say because I never called him anything but dad or daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I never called him by his first name. I occasionally used sir because Southern family. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. That's a fun yeah. name, though. I don't know. I just like that. Yeah. I, I love that name. <laughs> oh, it's so like it tickles me because I was so into the show Doug as a child. Yeah. And it like I could not differentiate differentiate like my dad's name and that character. And then I was like, "You're not a Doug. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Daddy? Oh, <laughs> You're <a> Daddy." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you can't be anything else. Yeah, yeah. So okay, since you know we don't really have a way in an hour to get a full, comprehensive understanding of like who your dad was as a person. Oh. I thought you it, would never. Yeah. I thought it would be interesting. <laughs> I have an interesting question. And feel free to take a moment and figure out why. But if you had to describe your dad, 
using one like inanimate object, what would it be and why? An inanimate object? Yeah. Like just like just like some sort of object out there. If you had to be like, you know, for example, if you were like, my dad is kind of like a loafer, you know? If you just had to like pick something and you were like, this is if I could pick anything to just like compare him to, this is what it would be. He's a book. A book? Yeah. My dad's a book. Tell me why. Uh, the cover only tells you so much. You never know what you're going to get underneath. Full of stories and experiences and things to learn from. Um, complex, dark, maybe a little scary sometimes. Uh, intelligent, teaches you things. Also, you know, very placed in the world by its time because of who wrote it and why it was written and those kinds of things. He's very, like, of his... He's very fixed in in time and space, I think. So, he's a book. Yeah. I love that. That was, like, a... That was the perfect answer. <laughs> no, that was like that's exactly what I was looking for. Because obviously, like you know, it's hard to really encompass an entire person's like personality. But I think that that's like a good. Well, you asked a literature major about an object. The only thing that I could think of that was remotely close to like a human personality was things humans have created, which is books. (laughs) (laughs) And like injected things into it. It was like, what can hold a soul? A book. So that was the only thing I could like even compare or think of. The other, the only other thing I could think of would be like a light bulb. Ooh. Wait. Like a burnt out light bulb. Why would it be a light bulb? Now I'm just curious. Uh broken um i i specifically a burnt out light bulb used up broken um but held so much light and energy and did a lot of good solid work did its intended purpose and did it well and achieved things and then went out that's beautiful <laughs> i don't thank y'all, yeah thank y'all. damn my dad is a very interesting person. I am, if you think I'm interesting, it is because I am a lot like my dad. We're very similar types of people, but I am, he would always say I am the better version of him. And I would agree. I am a better version of him. Just like straight across the board. I'm a better person than he was. And that's not saying he was a bad person all the time or even most of the time. He was an excellent person, but you know, our parents aren't perfect. And the day that you figure that out and like love that about them and accept them as people mm-hmm. as well as your parent, the happier you're going to be. That's Katie advice for the world. Dear everybody with parent problems. Now your parent could be an actual piece of shit, in which case write them off. That's fine. You're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. No judgment. But like as a general rule, if your parent is just very different from you and they just don't fucking get you, You can either choose to try and make them figure it out or you can choose to walk away. But if you choose to understand that their difference isn't necessarily because they don't love you or don't like you or don't want to get to know you and it's just like a difference, you'll start to see people as people. And I think you'll be a lot happier for it. 
There's a little bit of Katie advice. Yeah. I think that's good advice. You know, being being a person who's also like relatively recently for me, like come into adulthood, like looking at my parents and being like, oh, so they're, you're you know, they cooking. were just kind of figuring it out. <laughs> you're still cooking. You don't say you're like an adult until you're like 27, okay. honestly, because okay. you're not. You're really not. I know well, it was it more like it was are. more of a like a, as I'm coming into adulthood. And I'm like realizing yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely still in the process. I think one of the, the first process. things I've realized was I... like my parents have no idea what's going on, and they were winging it the whole time. And I yeah, think once you realize quite that, freeing. Yeah, you're, isn't that freeing? It's so freeing. You're like, well, that explains a lot, <laughs> and you just right? kind of makes it a little easier to move on through the world. I think. Uh- <laughs> yeah, and like some parents parent with intention, and some parents were just like, I'm just gonna figure it out as I go, and neither of those are like. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give a value statement saying one's better than the other. I'm just gonna say there's different ways to be a parent. Nobody's gonna do it right because you're human and we all fuck up. So there's no way to parent perfectly. There's ways to parent better than others. There there are ways but, to be more prepared for parenting. Yeah, but that's about it. You can be like one who's like yeah. planning and who like is gonna try to parent a specific way or you figure it out and one is the prepared way and one is not i don't think either makes someone a better parent yeah so um uh this is my tiny little caveat um i love my father very much if anyone from my real life ever hears this first of all what are you doing here second of all um i love my dad with my whole heart he was a wonderful person and a wonderful father uh Anything I say negative is highly outweighed by all the positive things. So, yeah. Grain of salt. And also, I get to feel about this how I want to feel about it. Yeah. So you don't get to tell me how to feel about someone who I lived my life with. Exactly. Just a general caveat to people who may stumble across this later. <laughs> I don't want to fucking hear it. The way he wouldn't want to fucking hear it, I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't care. Your opinion doesn't matter to me here. And it will never matter to me here. So, nip that one in the bud right now continue so you were you you were (laughs) saying you know earlier how like you and your father do you agree that you and your father were like very similar people or are very similar people and have you noticed as you've gotten older that you've like become more like him than you were i'm less like him the older i get you're less like him okay i'm less like him (sighs) is there any defining way yeah i'm the good parts of my dad and I'm going to say that quite honestly, I, I have recognized the parts of him that I like and want to emulate and also that are just inherently a part of my like personality. And then I also keenly aware of what his failings are as a person and like those faults. Well, I don't think they make him a bad person. I think the fact that I don't have have them make me a better one. Just like as a general across the board, like blanket statement. Um, the ways I've noticed that it are different is I'm a lot more um, patient. I have a lot more patience. I am a lot softer with people. I am absolutely a hard ass. And I'm very scary if you get me mad in the same way. Like people were terrified of my father. Terrified. <laughs> Most of his children were terrified of him when he was angry. Like you yeah. do not get dad mad because it's not only that he's raising his voice at you. He didn't ever like nobody was ever abused but there was um a level of ptsd to my father he served in the vietnam war and he came home not quite right 
he didn't come home broken like many people have. But no one, um, no one came back from Vietnam, right? Okay. Yeah. No one came back okay. He was alive, and that was about it. And having read the commendations he got after he died, I finally found the military records in his suitcases. And um, my dad should have died at least 15 times. He should have gotten at least 30 different Purple Hearts. That's insane. For being wounded in battle. And he only accepted like seven or something. I don't know. Um, My dad literally flew into firefights with a wing and a fucking prayer and nothing else. He one time took someone. This is one of my favorite um, anecdotes about my father. My dad one time took a prisoner of war and, you know, took him back to go get fed. Um, so yes, he took him out of the bush, stole his gun. My dad was not armed, had forgotten to take his weapon with him. My dad was a helicopter pilot, forgot his weapon and pretended he was holding a gun to this man's head. So he would drop his weapon, took his weapon and then put him in the helicopter and then took him back and then had him fed. Oh, wow. So my dad was weird. And, um, that's just kind of like. His thing was he saw this man who'd been abandoned by his troop. He knew that that guy was either going to go out in a flame of glory or he was going to kill himself or he was going to kill a bunch of other people on my dad's side. And my dad was like, we're going to just not do any of the death thing. You're going to come with us peacefully. Guy wasn't going to come peacefully. So he's like, I'm just going to subdue you the best way I know how. That is the most. Your dad was a badass. What the fuck? (laughs) That's an insane Um, story. Anyone brings up the military movies like Platoon or um, the other one with um, Sheen in it. Um, yeah. The other um, Sheen. Daddy Sheen. Yeah, I know. Um, Heart of Darkness. No, it's based off of Heart of Darkness. What is it called? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Whenever they mention those specifically, like Vietnam movies, my dad hated those films. He thought they were so stupid because <laughs> it's not the war he remembers. Yeah. Interesting. And it's not the one that he tells himself was true. Yeah. Those are very leaned more, I would say, like liberal mindset of like, we shouldn't have been there. This was a tragedy, which is how I view it. And that is not how my dad viewed it, because that's a man who fought in a war. Yeah. He doesn't want to see it as he was used as a pawn in a government plan. That's yeah. he cannot. He I mean, that's a hard thing to, to come to. One. Yeah, that's Im- that's almost yeah. impossible to come to terms with. You know. Yeah, and especially since he was such an effective yeah. military official. My dad was an effective fighter, and I say that very specifically, effective. Yeah. I don't know what his kill sheet is. I don't know how many times he escaped death, but it was... I don't want to know. That's information yeah. I don't want to know. He was a, I don't he was a, he was a great soldier. He And he has always viewed it, I did a job, and I did the job well. Yeah. That is how he views it, and I... To an extent, can understand and respect it, but if anybody has heard me talk about the um, industrialized military complex in America, you know I fucking hate it. Yeah, I well, and to, don't I mean, hate military officials. Like, if you're like a grunt, I don't care about you. Like, you're not the problem. It's everything else around you is creating yeah. a problem. Well, and two, I mean, I think so I'm not hating on anybody, but it's just not my thing. I think part of that too is like you know you have to you have to cope with like the blood on your hands and the other things in a certain way. And I think, yeah, you know, you, you just have to, you have to agree at some point. You're just like, I did a job. I think that's a very healthy way to like cope with yeah the things that you've probably had to do. Um, yeah. So. I think it's the only way he could 
mentally wrap his brain yeah. around that situation. And if that and if that worked for him and it was healthy, then that's what it was. <laughs> and that's you know, yeah. I mean, it's and be. I mean, so you know, yeah, that's the kind of. So I am like my dad. I am a tenacious person. I am very. I do a lot of things. I call myself chaotic Katie for a reason. I'm a little bit chaos. My dad was too, but he was unbridled chaos. <laughs> I love um, that. When he, or not unbridled, but he was bridled chaos. And I mean, it like shook off him like an energy wave. My oh dad, my. I tell people that I can read auras. My dad was always like the brightest color um, in the world until he got sick and it dimmed significantly. And I literally panicked one day because his aura like, zipped down to no- almost nothing and i was like is he gonna die in front of me and i like full-on panicked yeah and this was back before he we even moved to idaho and he really was dying <laughs> yeah um so we've talked a bit about like qualities and stuff uh in like if you in like three words or less for each one what would you say his best quality was and his worst quality mm. his best quality was his generosity. And his worst? His worst quality was his stubbornness. Okay. That's not a, when my that's dad not was, a terrible trait to have, you know, as your worst uh, trait, if that's someone's worst trait. <laughs> yeah, but the way it manifested in him wasn't great. Like, um, like, there's a thing that, like, the only thing I can say that I'm actually ashamed of my dad for is the fact that I know what his voting record was the last couple of years of his life. Mm. And I'm not pleased and he knew I wasn't pleased and he did it anyways. Yeah. That's the yeah. only thing that bothers me. Like I knew my dad was a Republican across the board, but I was convinced, absolutely convinced that he would not be, he wouldn't let that, he wouldn't fall for it. Yeah. That, and that I think was, his declining health and his declining mental state and the fact that he just wasn't as sharp as he used to be because yeah. my dad was an incredibly intelligent person well yeah your dad was a lawyer correct yeah yeah and yeah. ran his own business yeah that's a smart man right there. my whole life yeah my dad started his law firm slightly before my mom got pregnant with me and then he was like brand new on the scene trying to raise a family on what money he was making as a brand new defense attorney and then snap forward to I'm graduating from like high school and my dad is listed as one of the most prolific and effective lawyers in the area. And everybody else in the top five list is a massive firm in like Seattle or whatever. And my dad's like this tiny little guy from like a small town, yeah. like a, a medium sized city. Let's put it that way. So that being said, so your dad you know you had a it's it sounds like you had a good long life with him because what he passed away when you were how old i was about to turn 30 so you know almost 30 years with your dad Mm -hmm. he served in the military he was a lawyer had a wonderful career so with all of that kind of like culminated life experience and all that time you got to spend with him if you had to pick just one what would you say that the most important lesson is that your father taught you or that you learned from him? Oh boy. Okay. Here's the thing. My dad didn't teach things intentionally. Yeah. Well, and that's fine. If it's unintentional, just like the the one yeah. thing that you've learned from um, your father, that is if you had to pick anything, most important thing. 
most important thing I've learned. It's not worth it trying to be anything other than who you are. And it's a waste of your life to try and change yourself in ways that are counter to your happiness. That's beautiful. Yeah. My dad was a big believer in life is to be enjoyed. Like, yes, you're supposed to do the the common sense things like pay your mortgage, pay your water bill, pay for your gas and electric and buy your food and all of these things. But you know what my dad always used to say to me before we go grocery shopping? What would he say? He, he'd wink at us and go get us some snacks. Get me some, get you. And he met me and him. Get us some snacks, Katie. Because he liked treats. He liked little Hostess Debbie treats. He loved like nutty bars and stuff. He, and he used to go into grocery stores when I wasn't there with my mom. And he'd say, oh, we got to get some snacks for those kids. <laughs> we didn't always need the snacks. Daddy wanted the snacks. We were an excuse. I mean, also, my dad used to spend hundreds of dollars every year taking me and my best friend, who was also my neighbor, to the um, county fair or whatever. Um, he would buy us whatever we wanted for food. He would buy us entry tickets. He would buy us all the tickets to ride all the rides we want. And he would leave me there. She was four years older than me. So he respect he you know, the first couple of years that we went, he stayed and watched us. But after that, he was like, OK, I'm going to go and I'm going to go look at the farm animals and watch the rodeo and do all these little things. And then I'll find the best and I'll know where to take you guys when you want to go see those specific things. Because I didn't really like farm animals all that much, but I wanted to go see the goats and sheep and the cats because there was always a cat show. And he would go find it for me. Aww. And he'd ask my friend what she wanted to do. And he would get us whatever we wanted. She never brought her own money. He'd buy us toys. He'd buy us anything we wanted. And he just let he would let us wander. The, there was never a time limit. There was never, I'm tired of this. Let's go. It was like, are you guys ready to go? Do you want to go to a different area? Are you done? Do you need to sit down? You know, he yeah. was really, really, for an impatient person, he was incredibly patient. Yeah. Sounds like it. And it was, it was all get the joy. Get He was trying to make sure we had a good time. It was all about doing fun things. And my dad was not scared to drop a dollar on a fun experience yeah he was never stingy about that kind of stuff i love that and honestly if if you could tell my dad why you wanted something articulately enough he would give it to you (laughs) that's great yeah i learned how to argue the reason i am probably as good of an argumentative writer as i am and as coherent a speaker as i am it's probably because I honed this skill as a child. My dad taught me how to stand up for myself, speak honestly and loudly and clearly. And I did. I was already a pretty outspoken kid, but he encouraged it. Yeah. The only time he ever got mad at me was because I was disrespectful to someone and that person told him and he found out and he was like, you are going to go and apologize because your tone was unacceptable. You're allowed to say what you want. But how you say it matters, and you are not going to be disrespectful for no reason. That's a great lesson to learn. Yeah. I love that. He wasn't trying to stop me from speaking my mind. It was just choose your words carefully and how you say it because it matters. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know... It seems like your your father had a he was a pretty set in stone man, like you said. You know, he he was stubborn. So I'm wondering, and this is kind of a fun one. So it hasn't been a long time since he's passed. I know that. 
But nope, if, 2021. If uh, if your dad were alive today, uh, with you know the things that have happened in the world and the new things that have come out and everything since your father has passed, what is something since then that's new that he would love, and what's something that you think he would just hate? <laughs> January sixth would have broken his heart. That would have killed him. Yeah. He. He died five days before that. Four days before that. Four days before that. He would not have been able to handle that. That would have just, it would have, I think, shattered everything he thought he'd ever done. Right. Yeah. And I think he had a tenuous grasp on how right that was. And I think he also understood intellectually it wasn't always right. But he was, I think, as settled as he could be about it. That would have just rocked his entire shit. I think the thing he would have liked the most is if he was healthy and everything was good, he would, he retired. He liked hanging out with my mom. He would just be spending time with her, hanging out in our backyard, growing tomato plants. And, uh, you know, other he wanted to be a little farmer man because he grew up on a farm as a kid. My dad that. went to a one-room schoolhouse as a child and left by the age, like, eight or something. Um, would go to school for, like, two weeks and then just stop coming because he read the whole book. And he'd read the year ahead of him and, you know. Yeah. They didn't really watch kids back then. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of just got to do what he wanted. So he, you know, wandered a lot and just, you know, was a country boy. I love that. Do you think he yeah. would have liked the new pool that you installed? <laughs> oh, and I wouldn't have been able to get it. <laughs> uh, not in a fucking chance. He wouldn't have let me. Um, I also wouldn't have my cats. Mm, I see. Had yeah. had had you somehow sneakily gotten the pool up? Do you think he would have partaken? Do you think he would have oh, been dipping in not. it? No, no, nah, not a not a chance. <laughs> no, not even if he was healthy, he wouldn't do it. We have a community pool, and he never used that either. My dad didn't really swim. Interesting. I know he knows how to swim. But dad just like wasn't a dad swim. wasn't a swimmer. Dad wasn't on. Dad wasn't a water person. <laughs> oh my god, Lupin! Would you? Lupin just full ass fell off my desk into my face and <laughs> bashed my microphone in my face. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Uh, but yeah, my dad wasn't. Um, <laughs> the, one of my favorite stories is my dad was like, "Do you want to learn how to swim?" And I went, "Yeah," and he just threw me in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Figure like it out, kid. <laughs> they'll figure you'll figure it out one way or another i uh, really did the, the i fully figured it the fuck out the, the mammalian dive reflex will kick in and you'll you want to know how out. where he did that shit though he didn't do it at like a community pool he did it at a fucking hotel oh my god a fucking hotel doesn't even have a deep end by the way small little hotel pool with like no lifeguard on on watch oh i had god. no water wings he just like dipped me in there and was like figure it out well, from the sound, he wasn't even the sound ready of to get things wet. that you've told me about his military experience I think he would have been able to save you. <laughs> oh, he would have been able to save me for sure. A hundred percent. But like he was not dressed to jump in the pool. So if he had fucked that up massively, bro would have been getting wet. <laughs> he, would, he would have been grumpy for the rest of the day. I'm sure. Uh, oh, I mean, our room was upstairs, but still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Do you have. Yeah. Uh... He was that kind of dude. <laughs> Silly. If you had to pick, and, and this is 
super hard of a question, but you know, whatever comes to mind. If you had to pick like your favorite story of just you and your dad, what'd you say? <laughs> uh oh man. Um I have a lot of funny stories. I'm gonna paint the picture for you. My dad looked like Santa. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've seen a picture of him. My I dad have. looks like a Santa without, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, this one time, this is more a story of like how people perceived my father. My dad was also significantly older and looked old in comparison to like my peers' family. Most children thought I was adopted or that I was like my sibling's child. Yeah. Um, and my parents were just raising me because- I was a very late in life baby. Like for for reference point, my brother is 13 years older than me. My sister is 10 years older than me. There's a large age gap. And my dad has another child before my brother, who's a half sibling, and they are even older. So like my dad's been around a while. So they always assume that's grandpa. It's not. It's dad. Um, and I was at this birthday party. At a hotel, actually, weirdly enough, for my friend. Um, and it had all been, been arranged. And But this mom had never met my dad. And I didn't know my dad was going to come pick me up from the party because my mom had dropped me off. And normally if she drops me off, she picks me up. Uh, but I didn't know that. And he, you know, he just came and got me because my mom was busy. And they wouldn't let him up to see me. And they wouldn't let me leave. Because they were like, there's this guy saying that he's your dad and he's down there. And, and he's like this old man. I was like, that's my daddy. I was like, does he look like Santa Claus? And they go, yeah, he looks like Santa Claus. I was like, that's my dad. They're like, that old guy's your dad? I was like, yeah, that's my dad. My daddy looks like Santa. I was in middle school. And I was like, yeah, I'm not kidding. That's my dad. And they're like, is that? She like literally wouldn't let me leave. She was like, are you sure that's your dad? I was like, that's my dad. She's like, you know that guy? I was like, that's my dad. Literally, if she Wild. just looked at his ID, our last names match. and all, But like, I don't really look a lot like my dad. Um, yeah. We kind of vaguely look like similar-ish to each other. I guess, but um, I don't look like either of my parents. So, other than like my hair color, I guess, and I have my dad's blue eyes. I'm the only child who got his blue eyes. Uh, but that's about it, you know. And yeah. it was just—it's one of those funny things that, that <laughs> happened to me a lot in my life. Like those stories of like people not believing me that my dad is who he is, and like the times I would tell stories of my dad, not even like about me and him, but just like him by himself. Um absolutely fucking killed me i think my favorite 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 moment though the thing that just i fucking lost it um do you remember acid wash jeans that were low rise i do i do remember them <laughs> i was in middle school and i have always had a big ass since puberty welcome to this planet and my daddy has a round belly like a santa claus but no ass for he is a man and he has no booty uh and he, because these were old jeans of mine, and they were going to be thrown out, they were in a bag, and he was searching for, like, stuff to wear to do yard work. And he found them, and he thought they were some of his old jeans. Oh, no. And he put them on, and he comes downstairs, because he realized after he put them on, first of all, the fly's the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. uh, because they zip differently on yeah. men and women's clothes. Um, second of all, the pockets are weird. They're so small. And... Um, they're a little short for him. Not too bad. Just a little bit. But my daddy comes downstairs in bell bottom, acid wash <laughs> jeans with holes in the ass, 
holes on the God. knees because I wore those things to death. Uh, scuffed up frayed edges. Um, and he goes, how do I look? <laughs> and he just like does a little tiny pirouette with a beer bottle of Miller Genuine Draft in his hand. Glass, not can. And like does like a little turn. Like, not, not a pirouette, but like a little turn. And I was not ready for that moment. And I fell. I literally laughed so hard. I fell out of my like oh my desk God. chair and hit my head. Like I literally like I just like I ceased to exist. For, I could not stop laughing. I still oh can God. remember what he looked like wearing my jeans. It was so funny. Would Tyra Banks have fainted? Ne- <laughs> oh, my God. Tyra Banks would have just collapsed. It was. <laughs> And it's just, it's a lot to see your dad wearing teenage girl jeans from, like, I don't even know where I got them from. Probably, like, Hollister or something. It's that mixed with just, like, now having an idea of who your dad was. That's so funny. And the fact that he was excited to show it to me. My other favorite is that um, I was drinking a Dr. Pepper with a a red vine one time because that's a truly superior combo. And he goes, hmm can I have one of those? Meaning my red vines. I go, yeah. And he bites off the ends and makes a straw and uses it to drink his whiskey. Icon. (laughs) He's like top shelf whiskey. He's like, yeah, that is great. (laughs) What a wonderful man. (laughs) Daddy, I don't, I don't, I don't. uh, Yeah. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, it, it from all of this, like, it seems you and your dad had a wonderful relationship. Seems like we, yeah, you know, we did. You look very fondly really well. upon those years with him. Mm-hmm. Were you prepared for him to pass? Yeah, you were. Oh, I told him to go. Really? Yeah, my dad. Went into the hospital on the day after Christmas in 2020. He did not come back from the hospital until January 1st, 2021. He died the next day before noon. Um, I stayed up that night to watch over him and give him his narcotic drug that was going to help him ease out of this world eventually. There was no idea when it would happen, but I went down there at like... I don't know, three o'clock in the morning to check on him and see if he needed anything to give him his dose um, of whatever it is the doctors give you to like ease yeah, your pain. Probably like morphine know. He, or e- e- a version of it. Some yeah, sort it was of... like under the tongue stuff. Yeah. yeah, it probably tasted awful. But he was. And we'd had hospice come in. They I had to take down his bed. I had to put up a hospital bed there was a crazy hospital toilet thing that you can get to from the bed there was bedpans there were she it was just yeah it, it was a it lot. was end of life care yeah and i gave him his medicine i got his breathing machine back on him and i stood in the doorway and he slipped off and i stood there and i just was like i just spoke into the room i was like you can go it's okay I'll take care of mom. I got it. You need to stop trying to hold on. So you can go now. He's gone the next morning. 
I think he came home to die. I just don't think he wanted to die in a hospital. So I'd been ready for it for years. My dad got cancer. Um, but then even prior to that, he had pancreatitis, self-inflicted, which was a point of contention. Uh, <laughs> uh, At least he, you know, passed on his own terms in that way. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go my, home and do it. I'm not going to do this in a hospital. That's the kind of my dad was gripping onto life with his teeth. Like he by like <laughs> the tiny shreds of nails he could hold on to his existence with. He was just gripped onto it. He would not have let go. I don't think if someone hadn't just been like, it's okay. We're not going to fall apart. We'll be okay. Do you think he heard you? Probably. Maybe. And even if he didn't, the universe did. Yeah. Because I wasn't so much talking to him as I was just talking to space. I was just like, hey, I, I, I also said at that same point, I was like, I, mom can't do this anymore. Yeah. This is killing her. And I cannot watch her go through this. It was almost worse to watch her yeah. lose her soulmate than it was to lose my father. So. I was ready for it. And the most horrible thing I'll ever say um because it makes me feel guilty i was happy when he passed because finally all of the horrible things were done you know i don't think the horrible things that were making him miserable but also making me miserable making my mom miserable yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be straight with i don't think there's anything wrong with you know feeling happy about that yeah, it's like a sense of relief, but there comes a fe- feeling of guilt yeah. of like this person I love and miss. I'm happy they're gone, and it's like yes, but like with caveats. Yeah, like I understand it intellectually, but it does make me feel yeah, I know. a wee bit guilty. But you know, just letting you, yeah, it's I think yeah. it's a fine thing. Um, yeah. What has your grief process been like? <laughs> um. I think it was easier for me to handle than my other siblings because I watched the slow decline for over five years. Uh, I'm sorry, not even five years. Um, Three years. Mm-hmm. I came back in 2017. He died in early 2021. So it's about three years. Um, I watched him go from more or less completely healthy to just really declining health really quickly, losing a lot of his mental faculties, which was the weirdest part. When when he lost that part of him, or it diminished, I guess, that part of him that was just like that bright flame. I remember the burnt bulb I told you about? Yeah. It's like all of his light went out, and it was just a home without any lights on sometimes. And that was weird. I didn't know how to process my dad not thinking quickly, not understanding something when I explained it the first time. Especially a man who's like, you know, spent a career as an established lawyer, was a helicopter pilot, was a PI. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Hyper intelligent. Just, you know. And it wasn't like he was stupid or anything in the yeah, end. Yeah, but it was, it was like, seeing like a shell of what was. He was not running on all cylinders. Yeah, definitely a shell of what was. 100%. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. 
that was the worst part I think and then the secondary part was it's gross to watch someone die um it also doesn't smell good in general like living around decay for as long as I did (sighs) there was like a whole cleaning of my life but also like literal cleaning of the house to remove that decayed death aura plaguing our home yeah it wasn't fun um and i wouldn't have wanted him to die anywhere else but it was years of just you know yeah of withering away yeah and it's hard to watch someone just fall apart yeah especially someone who'd been so strong and capable and you know yeah active and yeah so it's you know it was a weird transition i'm sure I don't know if it was better to watch someone die slowly over years or if it would be better to just have them suddenly gone, like randomly. I I don't know what's better. I couldn't tell you. I know my way sucks. But at the same time, I was far more at peace with the end than I think someone who is taken by surprise. Well, I think that's the thing is, I mean, like having someone, I mean, that's the thing about death is that, you know, we think about it a lot, but until you've actually seen a loved one die or like experienced a loved one dying it's really hard to come to terms with the fact that you know once they're dead that's it there's no you know there's no talking to them again there's no any way of getting them back or even their presence back or anything so when you try to think about it it's like well each one has its ending. It's just a question of, do you want to be able to prepare for it and potentially work through some of the grief at first? Or would you rather rip off like a Band-Aid and it all comes at once and you have to accept it and not have that preparation ahead of time? But with that yeah. preparation, you know, comes everything that you were talking about of like, you have to watch it. Yeah. You have to watch the withering and you know, I don't think it makes the grief any shorter, but it just makes it less shocking. Yeah. And I don't it definitely hasn't made it we we've talked before about the button. Um and how there's a button and a ball in a box and the at, for a while the ball is so big all it can do is touch the button. Your your grief is so large. All it can do is touch that button and you're constantly sad. It's just grief, 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 grief. That, I feel like my ball was smaller at the beginning than other people, but my box was narrow. Yeah. So though the ball was small, the box was narrow, and over time the box got wider and wider and my ball got smaller and smaller. And it, I'm I'm really only like, oh, what, a year or so out of this? And... <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about it still. I'm fine most days. Like, I'm fine. I really have done pretty well. I've not just, like, fallen apart every day of my life. I went back to work two weeks later, three weeks later, something like that. Um, We were on winter break when it happened. I let my boss know, and then I was like, I'll be back in, like, I need an extra week or something before. So, like, don't start my class on the actual start date. Start me a week later. That was about it. So I took one week off of work. That was it. The rest, it was just like other stuff. I worked through m- m- 
after my dad's death, I was working on projects. I was doing curriculum stuff. I was already being paid for out of class work. So I was even working through it. <laughs> it was, I don't know. That's why I took the summer off. The, this is part of my summer is the summer of Katie just like not doing things so she can process things. Yeah. And that's healthy. I think that's a good thing to do. I, yeah, I definitely, I think, you know, what you were saying about the, the box and everything. I think it's, you know, in in a situation, especially when it's, you know, cancer, it's kind of like once that happens, you know, the, the terminal diagnosis, you know, there's a time You know what's wild? Cancer didn't kill my dad. It didn't. The military did. Hmm. Um, Agent Orange was used in the Vietnam War and exposure to that caused my dad to have congestive heart failure, which is what killed him. And also, in addition to not only is it the thing that caused his death, it is the thing that caused his suffering and death, which is why I am very much pissed. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's fine. I think that's valid. That's the thing 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 that that really gets me. Yeah, Yeah. at one point it was, um, he was 100% disabled by the government or whatever yeah at one point um because of what they done and he was worried that they were gonna take it away that paycheck that they send you know it's like a monthly reimbursement for being disabled especially in the line of duty you get compensated for that right yeah um the idea is if we use you up we pay you for the loss of your life and it then it it transfers to your family members there was an issue with the death certificate And they made some claim and we were all worried that because of what the leading cause listed on his death certificate was, that it wasn't listed as the congestive heart failure due to Agent Orange exposure, that he wasn't, we were not going to be granted the thing and it ended up not being a problem, thank fuck. But like, there was a sincere worry that our income was going to be slashed by 75%. That and that's part rough, of why yeah. he held on so long is he knew that he wasn't contributing much to the family except he was a paycheck yeah. and he was providing for my mom because the longer he stayed alive, the more money they made and the more money she put away. Yeah. But that's smart. He did well and she's in no dire straits um, and neither am I. Yeah. So. Well, as a result of his excellent choices later in life. We are fine. We are perfectly okay. And so even though it wasn't cancer then that ended up doing it, but just, I guess, like, once you've realized that, like, death is imminent, you know? Yeah. That time limit. cancer pretty much stole the rest of him away. He was kind of just a body in a chair after a while. Yeah. He was kind of there. The best thing he did, best thing he did before he died is he, it took him, I think, two or so weeks. This wouldn't have taken him nearly maybe a couple of hours. I don't know. He read my thesis. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) I dedicated my thesis to my parents. Oh, I love that. But he read it and he had thoughts about it. And he, you know, asked me a couple of things. He was like, I didn't quite understand this, but I understood what he's like. I've never seen these things because I talk about media and he'd never seen any of the shows I talked about. And he was like, I felt like I understood what you were talking about, even though I've never seen these things. So you did a really good job that I was able to understand your point. Yeah. Without any social content or cultural context for what these things are, what they mean or any of that. That's awesome. It's awesome to have that validation. 
at the end. Yeah. He always said I was an excellent writer. Well, and you know, and that's, <laughs> I think that's kind of like the point I was getting at is like, you know, when it, it comes to that, is it better to have the preparation or have it suddenly, you know, when you know that death is imminent, it's going to be happening. It kind of gives you that time to be like, well, let me get my affairs sorted here. Let me, yeah, let, let me, me do, do these the things. final things that I want to do before yeah. this person dies. And you're never going to get everything <laughs> done, you know, but no, being able to say, prioritize it and say, well, you know, I don't know when the day is coming, but I know that I wanted this to happen before he passed away. So I'm going to do it. You yeah, know, that's a, exactly. that's a relieving thing, I think. And I think that's why, you know, maybe for some people, the preparation might be better. Because had it happened suddenly, out of nowhere, completely out of the blue, you know, maybe that moment couldn't have happened. Yeah, my greatest fear, my my most deep-seated fear while I was away in Korea is that he was going to just get randomly sick and die. Um, and I was going to be in another country, unable to leave. Yeah. And go home. Not that we did a funeral. We don't believe in funerals in our family. Um, we didn't do anything. Yeah. My I have my dad on my desk. Love that. Was he cremated? A, he was cremated and then his um some of his remains have been put into these glass orbs that are decorative. Um oh. and so my dad always said he wanted to be the color blue when he died, so mine is mostly blue. I love that. Yep. That's he, awesome. My dad always said I'm just gonna turn into the color blue. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So yeah, so he sits on my desk. So we've um <laughs> I love that so much. Um so we've talked kind of about like the grief and you know like we said this has been relatively recent for you. Um yeah, so maybe it's interesting to I want to hear you on the next time we record cuz we'll be talking about your parent and yours was not most recent. Uh it's been over 4 years since my mother passed. So but yeah. I want to ask you, there's two questions I have to kind of wrap this up. Okay. First one is, what is your advice to someone who is about to lose a parent, who has recently lost a parent, or maybe it happened a while ago, but they're still struggling? What's something that you would, um, some advice as someone who's gone through it? Okay, I'm going to put this with a caveat of you loved your parent, and this is assuming you both love your parent, you understand that they're people, and you're you're comfortable with that whole thing, and you're like at a certain level of peace with each other. So just assume this is a good relationship, and we're going yeah, off that. Because yeah. like people with... Per, I... I mean, yeah, like if you if you hated yeah. your parent, like I mean, you're probably this. You don't need advice. You're probably you're, like, woohoo, it's over. Um, you're sometimes you're allowed to not care about people. It's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. A big this is the in a parent that water you, of the womb. Yeah, blood yeah, of the covenant. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a big believer in blood of the covenant over womb. I don't really believe in blood ties. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is more of you know someone who's who's grown yeah. up with their parent, loves their parent, or has a good relationship so, with them, and you know that. Either death is coming or death has happened and, you know, you've gone through this. I'm going, I'm going to say, this is a really good question. It's also a hard one to answer mm-hmm. because I'm still actively doing it. Um, yeah, that's why I wanted to I, ask. I was prepared for my dad's death in a lot of ways a lot of people are not. I was mentally and emotionally ready for this to be over with. I was 
miserable with the daily grind. But that all said, if you're in that same kind of place, I want you to give yourself a massive heaping amount of grace. It's human to be disgusted by death. It's actually a survival mechanism. It's okay. It is human to be sad and also mad at them. Like you can be mad at them. It's okay. I know they're in pain and I know it sucks and they're not doing stuff to annoy you on purpose, but you're allowed to feel the way you feel and still it doesn't say anything about your character. doesn't say anything about your moral fiber. doesn't say anything about your ethics. You're not a bad person for feeling things in general. And I'm going to say that as a, if you're watching it happen or if you've already watched it happen and you have regrets about your feelings. I mentioned I regret saying, or I I regret feeling a little bit relieved that he's gone. I don't really regret it as much as it like, I know intellectually and also emotionally that like, I'm allowed to have those two feelings and they're both valid. And I know that the reason I have that one feeling is because of the other one and they're both allowed to exist and that's fine. But you got to give yourself that space to just like, don't scream at them. But like, if you need to go sit in your car and scream or cry or go get drunk because you just need to have some fun, like you just need to go to a bar with your friends and hang out and take a breath. You're not, and you think, and you view that as like, oh, I'm wasting time. I'm not spending that time with them. No, you're not wasting your time. You're taking care of yourself. And we always talk about that you can't pour from an empty cup. You really cannot process grief without caring for yourself. I've been a pretty selfish person the last year-ish. Not horribly selfish. I'm still there for people. I'm still doing projects. I'm still doing other things. But like, I would sometimes just cancel my stream because I was sad. And I was like, sorry, guys, my dad died. I'm allowed to have like a sad week where I just, I don't want to do anything around people. I've had a hard time making friends and being online a lot of the time. It's weird to be looked at and judged for my video game skills and other things that come with being a streamer. (laughs) And it's like, uh, I don't really want to be under this particular microscope. Thanks. Uh, not while I feel like this. Um, and then I had my own personal health. Thing. I almost died last November. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was a weird year for me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I think- so I would just say, give yourself, and I say this to everyone, give yourself time. Feel your feelings. Good, bad, ugly, in between. It doesn't matter. You're allowed to have them. It's what you do with them that really matters. It's how you use them and process them or move past them or acknowledge them. Any of the above. Doesn't matter. Your actions matter more than what your actual feelings are. Feelings are fickle little fucks anyways. They're going <laughs> to, your brain is a hellscape, first of all. If any of you have mental illness like me, um, I'm sorry. It's a weird place up there. It's like a fucking three ring circus with nine million rings. What's happening? It, it's fine. Feel your feels. Move on. Yeah. Did I answer that question? Great advice. Yeah. Good. Perfect. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's your last one you said you had two for me yeah me. so as i said at the beginning of the episode um i kind of wanted this to be almost in a way like a, a living eulogy to your father you know uh, especially the internet is forever 
This will never go away. <laughs> and as we sit here talking into the you know the the void in the, the void. of of the internet, <laughs> do you have any unspoken or words that you want to repeat to your father that either you wish you would have said or that you've said before but you just want to say again? Uh, if you will, a uh, a message to your dad. You're an excellent dad. It's the only thing you ever wanted to be good at. It's the only job you ever act signed up for on purpose. My dad never had a job. He always told everybody, I've never had a job in my life. Worked his whole life. He's never worked for someone. He's only ever worked for himself. But he always considered it was like, w- minus the military. He views that as like a different thing. But like, He's never really worked for anybody else. He's only really worked for himself. He's hustled his whole life. The only thing he's ever directly ever signed up for was being a father. And my dad was a dad to the world. He wasn't just my dad. He was his sibling's father. He was my sibling's father. He was his client's father figure a lot of the time. I watched that man yell at grown-ass people the way he talked to his, you know, six-year-old child. And I thought it was hilarious, by the way. That's the best thing, is watching your dad yell at someone who's a full adult the way he talks to you. That's funny. <laughs> That's just funny. I don't, I don't care who you are. Um, he was a good dad to me. I cannot think of something I ever wanted or needed that I couldn't have access to. I cannot think of a time when I needed him that he wasn't there. I cannot think of a time when I couldn't do something on my own and I had to go to my parents for help even though I desperately didn't want to and I cannot think of a time where he intentionally hurt my feelings on purpose now did he hurt my feelings sometimes yeah he's a dad they do that sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and we were very similar people we butted heads a lot and I was a very outspoken opinionated child but I'm also the only one who ever got him to apologize for anything dad never said the words i'm sorry he would try and fix it in ways that were not an apology dad didn't know how to apologize but i made him i forced him to apologize to me several times i was like this is this is my line in the sand and he bless his heart learned to bend for me and learned to accept that our roles eventually were going to shift and i was going to be the one making the calling the shots and making decisions and uh, that was not an easy thing for him to do, I don't think. He's a very intelligent, strong person, strong of will, does not want to give up control easily. <laughs> uh, but he he figured it out, and he figured out how to be a gentler, kinder, more loving father. Uh, and side note, this is just a random, this is the weirdest turn I'm going to take off of that lovely thing I just said. Um, thank you, dad, for not being a misogynist piece of shit. (laughs) I didn't, I, um, here's my thing. I did not grow up with a dad who acted like periods were weird or abnormal or gross. I had a dad who could figure out what I used and go buy it for me. And he'd come back with a milkshake and fries or, and a burger because he knew I liked those things. I also had a dad who rubbed my ears and my temple when I had a migraine because he learned how to do it in Vietnam from a healer and he thought it might help i had a great dad 
He was excellent at being a dad. Sounds like it. And before I cry, we're going to stop. Yeah. Because I've gotten really close <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> I could tell. Um. I got you. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm good. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, with that, um, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here with an episode like this on a bunch of promo. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And um, if you'd like to help support this podcast, feel free to support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash meddlinggazepod. Um, but with that, I think we're going to head out. Oh, I will just I will just call out our shout outs because we do. That is part of our thing. Harper Ann and Alana Brumhead, thank you so much for being our two patrons. Thank you so much for your support. We love and appreciate you. Absolutely. All right. Uh, and if I made any of you cry, um, <laughs> tell me on Twitter. Go to our Meddling Gaze Pod Twitter and tell me. I want to know. Like, do you have some parent stories? Drop them. Do y'all have thoughts and feelings? Drop them. I'll open up a thing on the Twitter. Talk to us about it. <sighs> with that, we guys, we'll see you guys next week with uh, some stuff about my mom. Have a wonderful yeah. day, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Love you. Love you.